Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com slash give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Uh, in this series that we kicked off last week in the book of James, which is uh, one of my favorite, it's a great, incredible book. Uh, if you missed it, um, last week you can grab it on the, the website and you can see it and, and, uh, or, or listen to it. We have both ways in which we do that. But let's, let's jump into the scripture. I want to reread last week because the tied together and then jump into this week. And it says this. It says, Count it all joy, brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know the testing of your faith produ- produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If, you, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For the person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for your word Um, for this morning, God. I pray that you'd move me aside and that you would speak, Father, that you would uh, open our hearts. Lord, we would be Christians who are moved by what you've done for us, so much so that we would make a difference in this place. God, speak to us this morning. We're desperate to hear from you. Holy Spirit, come and fall on this place. God, I pray for miracles. I pray that you'd heal, Father. God, I pray that you'd physically heal, that you would spiritually heal, that you would emotionally heal, and that you'd move on behalf of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, I, I am excited. We're going out next week to see TJ. He's, he's graduated from basic training. Now the real stuff starts. He goes to Bud's from here. But, so we'll be gone, but back next week for service. We will be back for that. But uh, I, I, I'm excited about this book because he really talks about a lot of things. James gets real, you know, into it here. But, but one of the things he talks about is wisdom here. And we've got to ask ourselves, who needs wisdom? Does anybody out here that needs wisdom other than me? Now let, let's, you know, let's, let's see, there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. You know that, right? Wisdom is the application of knowledge. I know a lot of guys who are incredibly smart, but they're stupid. Nobody in here, you know that, that person, you know, they can, they can quote things left and right, you know, they got masters and they got all kinds of letters behind their names and doctorates and all those things, but they have no wisdom whatsoever. That's why we need the Lord. What might some of the things that we need, what, what do we need wisdom for? It's, it's, you know, really important that we look, and when we look at wisdom and the application in our life, we need wisdom around our jobs, our relationships. We need wisdom for our children. We need wisdom for our finances, for our marriage, for dating, for living together, for dating, uh, for our sex life, for housing, new cars, and investing. 
and so much more. All these things are things that the Bible brings wisdom to that you and I need to ask for wisdom. But here's what I hear over and over again. And, and maybe you've experienced this, and maybe you've actually said these words. I need wisdom, but God never speaks or gives me wisdom. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever got, you know, the Bible talks about God's wisdom and, and God gives generously and all, but I, I don't get his wisdom. I'm not getting wisdom for what I'm doing. And, and James kind of breaks that down in this passage. And I, I want to show you a little bit of what that looks like today. What does wisdom look like in our lives? James gives clear conditions when it talks about wisdom. He says a couple things. He says, you must ask in faith. And he says, without any doubting. Wisdom comes with asking in faith and without any doubting. You go, well, you know, God, he he's puts conditions on things. Well, think about it. When we talk about relationships, remember what we always say. We say the natural and the spiritual run parallel to one another, correct? What we see in the spiritual world, we also see parallel in the natural world. Meaning this, well, I can't, why would God put conditions on, you know, on, on these things? Well, I can tell you this, being married to this woman for 27 years, there are little conditions that we have on communication. I, I don't know if you, if, if I'm being, well, it's usually her, but I'm going to use me as the example. If I'm being a complete jerk, that was funny, you can laugh, feel free. Okay, if I'm being a complete jerk and, and communication is, is broken down, there's something that happens between us, and it's not very clear, and she's not going to respond to me. There's a condition that has to take place. That condition is this, that I must humble myself and come into a place of peace. Now, I'm really good at this, thank God. Again, come on, people. I am an expert at this. That and humility are my two strengths. Um, when that condition isn't, isn't restored, when I, I don't humble myself, when I don't repent, there's brokenness. J James says, you want wisdom? You gotta ask in faith and without any doubting. See, you can't untie these two things. You can't untie it, I need wisdom, but God never speaks to me or gives me wisdom. And what James says, but he must ask in faith without doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the winds, for the man ought not expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded, man, unstable in all his ways. There's some critical words there that we just kind of pass over when we read this passage. There's some hard, strong words that James uses, but as Christians, what we do is we go, oh, he didn't really mean it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when he says, tossed and, you know, driven by the wind, you know, has anybody been in the ocean when been tossed around? It's an incredibly insecure feeling. It's this, it's this, I'm not in control. And for many of us, in our relationship with God, we feel that same way. And this is pretty, for the man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord being double-minded, unstable in all his ways. He doesn't say expect a few things. He says, don't expect anything from Jesus. Don't expect anything from the Father if you're double-minded, if you're not stepping out in faith. So James says this, 
We must ask believing that God is trustworthy to give wisdom. He must be ready to act on wisdom, and we must be ready to act on the wisdom that he gives. There's two things that are happening right there. The two key things here is God is trustworthy to give wisdom. God is trustworthy. His word is trustworthy to give us wisdom. And we, not only is it trustworthy, but we actually need to walk in it. We need to act on it. We need to actually use wisdom in the, in the, the spheres of influence that we have, in the life that we have. But too many times, we don't act on what God says or tells us to do. We just keep in our pocket. As I said, what might we need wisdom for? Let me, let me give you a couple applications and what this looks like in this scripture. I need wisdom for a job. I, I, I'm sure there's someone in here that has wrestled with this. But, but he, remember our two keys. God is trustworthy and gives wisdom, and we're ready to act in wisdom. About, well, 27 years ago, um, we were at a, a, a pass as far as jobs go. And I, I, we've talked about this before, so just nod like you haven't heard the story, okay? Just humor me. There's some new people, but, but um, I had just got done playing uh, professional hockey, and we were living in Long Beach, and uh, I, I had a pastor come to me that we'd worked with in Austin, Texas, and he said, he said, hey, he said, um, you're retired, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm, I'm just kind of looking at some different things. He says, here's what you need to do. You need to pack up your wife and family, and you need to move to Austin, Texas, and go into the ministry. I will teach you what it means to be a pastor. I'll, you know, do all this stuff. You can go back to school, do whatever you want. But I think you're supposed to be here and be in the ministry. I said, well, that sounds interesting. I said, what does that pay? He said, it pays nothing. I said, that doesn't sound like a job. Um, he said, you're going you're gonna to raise support and you're going to figure this thing out, this faith aspect. And this, then he said this. This blew my mind. He said this. He said, here's what's going to happen, though, in the next week. I'm like, how do you know what's going to happen in my life in the next week? So the next week, there's going to, something else is going to come along your, your path, and it's going to be incredibly tempting, and it's going to be a test. It's going to be a test, and you're going to have to make a tough decision. I'm like, okay. I, I didn't really believe him. I just thought he was talking smack and wanted me to be in the ministry and trying to, you know, make me be spiritual or something. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So talking to Chris and about this, and you know, it's a big change moving and all that we were going to go through. I'm telling you, three, four days later, I get a call. And it's my agent. And he says, hey, um, the Bruins want you to fly back and they want you to test for the color commentary job because they think you're the guy. It pays, I don't know, 150000 or 130000 You get to fly around on jets with your teammates, and, you know, you, you just, you talk. But I'm pretty good at talking. Not necessarily here. I don't mean I'm, I'm, I'm humble, remember? So not necessarily here, but out there, I'm really good talking. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This, this, this opportunity is a, a, an opportunity. I mean, if I would have done that, I would have definitely been on ESPN by now. I would have moved up the ranks. Again, humility is my strength. Um, but, I, you know, and I'm looking at this, and we're going, is that what he was talking about? Is that what the pastor... And then all of a sudden, these two keys right here that James is talking about in the Scripture come to life. God is trustworthy to give wisdom, ready to act, but be ready to act on the wisdom that he gives you. So all of a sudden, I'm like, well, Chris, you know, we know what we're going to do, but we might as well pray about it. Wait, one, one side, no money, 
and I get to learn how to be in the ministry. Yay. The other side, the other side, I'm in the NHL still, not playing, but it's a pretty good gig. My parents thought I was crazy. I mean, so did my friends and family. Most people would. We prayed. As clear as could be, God spoke. You're supposed to be in the ministry. Oh, it was painful. It really was painful. But this came into play. God, because I had this relationship, because we have this relationship with Jesus, because I knew who he was, because I know his faithfulness, because I know that he's a good God, I was able to take and trust him and walk in the wisdom that he gave to make a choice that my flesh didn't want to make. But then we had to act. We packed up, moved to Texas. See, the, the, apart from this wisdom, the world says, that's just a crazy decision. But I look back now, and it's 27 years. This is like, I don't know, how many churches have we done? A, a number of three, four churches. I've helped plant over 50 churches. I've watched God lead people to the Lord. I've watched God do miracles. I've watched God heal. I've watched friends get saved. I've watched all this crazy stuff. How could that have not been the right decision? God, give me wisdom. God, give me wisdom. I need wisdom for dating and sex life. I didn't do so good on this one. I did good on the marriage one, but God spoke to me clearly. Now, this is early in my career, and I was kind of coming back to the Lord and really figuring things out. He spoke to me clearly in church on a Sunday morning when she was there. I didn't even know her. As clear as can be, and said, that is going to be your wife, Chris Shaver. To which I thought, okay, stop lusting in church again. Just stop, Okay. That's funny. Don't act like no, none of you guys ever had a bad thought in church. Thank you, Mr. Blair. <laughs> I'm literally, and, and I'm as clear, I'm like, stop, stop. Focus on worship. Focus on worship. The Holy Spirit speaks to me. says, that's going to be your wife. I'm like, this is crazy. I tell my best friend, and I'm like, I think God just spoke to me. He said, Chris Shaver is going to be my wife. And he said, yeah, you and every other guy in the church that he spoke to. I'm like, dude, so this is where I was disobedient. If God really spoke to me, which he did, and I trusted and gave him, you know, the, the wisdom that he gave me, I wouldn't have spent three years dating other women. Now, ego, in, in the grand scheme of things, you know, I, I, in my mind, I was rationalized it like, well, he told me to marry Chris, but I don't even know her, so let me kick a couple tires along the way. <laughs> Sorry. It's a, a place that I wasn't very trustworthy in God. See, th there are certain things in your life that you can be absolutely trustworthy in. And there's other areas you go, I don't really want to give you that part of my life, God. But he says, get ready to act upon the wisdom that I gave you. Now, looking back 20, I don't know, 30 years later, I go, gosh, I, I wish I would have been and would have had the wisdom to honor this girl this woman. Sorry. I, that'd be wonderful. I wish that I could go and look at my children and said, man, when God spoke to me about this woman, locked in. No condemnation. God's good. And it worked out. Wisdom. I need wisdom for my marriage. I don't know about you. 
I, I need wisdom for my marriage. Our, one of our life verses, and, and again, another one, I'm, I'm worse at, uh, I'm, I'm bad at more than I'm good at these things, but, uh, you know, it, Proverbs 15, 1. There you go. That's a, a gentle word turns away wrath. A harsh word stirs up anger. That's wisdom from the heavens. That's wisdom from God. That's straight out of the scripture. And, 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 but, but then it says ready to act on the wisdom that God gives. Chris isn't very good at it. I'm terrible. I, I'm not great at it. The word clearly tells me what will happen when I obey. The word clearly tells me what's going to go on. But I, I, you know, in my pride, in my selfishness, in my, hey, you know, you need to get your stuff together, thought process that's completely jacked up, I, 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 I miss it a lot of times. And the harsh words come, not the kind words. And you know what it does? It just stirs up. It stirs up. See, see wisdom is to be applied in life. Finances. I need wisdom for finances. Because let me tell you, it does not add up. I need wisdom for finances. Now, here's what I know the word says. Trust me in this. Test me in this, Malachi. And I know, I don't know where you're at spiritually. I'm not hyper charismatic and I'm not name it and claim it. Although we named and claimed a new air conditioning unit. Um, kind of. I didn't really, but we got one anyways. Um, but I, I, you know, I when I look at finances, when I look at our 27 years of marriage and being in the ministry, there's no way it adds up or pens out. But I know this, we trusted God because he called us to trust him and called us in the ministry. And time and time and time again, I watch God meet my financial needs, our financial needs. Look, we can take it to this church. I mean, goodness, seven months ago, we're thinking, hey, do we need to shut this thing down? There was a thought that we least asked God with 12 people in the middle of a school with a canopy over top. And we trusted. And within a moment's time, I, Melvin and I, we, we laugh about it. I don't know if we laugh. We go, what the heck happened? Because we were having these conversations and Eddie and everybody, God just starts opening these doors. But he says, be ready to act upon the wisdom. You want to know why we don't hear from God or get his wisdom? We don't believe he's trustworthy. We don't believe that the God of this Bible that says what he says about you and your situation really means what he says. Why don't we think he's trustworthy? Because we don't have that, that intimacy with him. Look, my, my implicit trust that I have for her and vice versa comes with a history of relationship. 26 years, 27 with our dating. It, it's, I, I trust her with my life. I trust her with absolutely everything because I've watched how she's responded time and time again in my life. And hopefully she's watched how I've responded in her life. So there's this mutual respect and trust that takes place. But when you don't have intimacy with the Lord, you kind of miss those things. And all of a sudden this God who is is supposed to and says that he's trustworthy, we don't really know in our mind because we've never stepped out to a place to watch him catch us and meet a need. And then when, when a, a, a big time comes, a, a crucial time, as James said in, in 2, 3, and 4, uh, you know, a trial comes, you know, we're struggling 
and we're not asking for wisdom because we don't actually believe that God can give it. We look for answers from the created instead of the creator. We look for answers from the created, which is, is mind-blowing to me. We'll go to the, all the psychiatrists. Go to psychiatrists, Christian psychiatrists. Go to the professionals, okay? I'm all right with all that, okay? I have no problem with that. But when you put all your hope in the world's answers, you're in trouble. When I sit in the locker room with Mark Blair and we're playing hockey and, and we want uh, Jimmy over here who, who's got, you know, half a brain and two teeth left in his mouth and we want him to give us wisdom on life, probably not the wisest thing. Billy knows what I'm talking about. We want the world to give us the answers that the Creator has. It's crazy, yet we do it. So we got to go back to this question. If God is God, let's just get real. If God is God, I happen to believe God is God. So it, 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 let's take that premise. I believe God is God. Okay, if I believe that, then God is what? Omniscient, all-knowing. Omnipotent, all-powerful. Omnipresent, he's everywhere. He's the alpha and the omega, he's beginning to end. Okay, let's think about this. I'm gonna sit in the locker room and talk about my marriage and, 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 and I'm gonna get uh, uh, advice from Billy Bob with two teeth. Or I'm gonna go to the creator of heaven and earth and I'm not gonna treat her the way that I personally have been treating her. What makes more sense? Because they exchanged the truth about God for the lie and worship the served creator rather than the creator. Who is blessed forever? And, and one of the things is you, you, you read and the theologians were, thinking, were talking about was why James put that in there is because they would, they would literally worship idols and they would sacrifice to idols and ask for answers. And James goes, no, 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 you're completely missing it. The creator of heaven and earth is the one with the answers. Now, we don't, have, uh, we don't create idols like they did back then, but you do create idols in your life. And you look for wisdom in the idols of TV. You look for wisdom in the idols of of CNN or Fox News or Dr. Laura or fill in the blank. And, and the one who has wisdom is the creator. See, God's wisdom in our lives, or lack thereof, boils down to one thing, a trust issue. Who are you going to trust? Who are you going to trust? God or you? Who, who, who's going to be on the throne? Yeah. You know, I, I, each week I have a new, uh, a, a new story about, you know, my stupidity. It's kind of, come on, come on, you know. And, and it, it's to set up this, this foundation of why in the world would I ever put trust in me? So, so this week, my, my buddy's office, as I keep going in, and, and I cannot for the life of me figure out the lights. They're automatic lights. But, and there's this switch, and, and you know, it, 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 I come in, go on off. I'm like the dumb kid, just watching. I'm like, whoa, look at that. That's amazing. But I can't figure out how to get it, it, You know, long story short, you, you got to be a little smarter than me, but you got to hold it for a certain amount of time before it turns off and on. Yet I'm going to save my life. 
Can't figure out the light switch this week. Last week, I didn't know the difference between T-O-O and T-O. This week, I can't do a light switch. Yes, I can save you. I can save me. Stupid. See, when we look at it in, in, in regards of a trust issue, now this, this passage makes sense. But he must ask in faith without doubting for the one who doubts or the one who doesn't know God. You could go either way with it. The one who doesn't know God, the one who doubts, is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind for that man ought not expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Tossed to and fro, to and fro. It's one of the most painful uh, feelings. You know what I'm talking about. Ah, should I? Shouldn't I? Did I? Didn't I? You know, uh, that, that just going back and forth, you want to go, oh, dear Jesus, I just want wisdom. Let's look at that scripture again, but as one thought. Because when, when we read the word, because of the way it was written, and, and it, they break it down into sections, and sometimes you lose the, the weight of what James is really trying to say here in, in, in James 1, 1 through 4, where, where he's talking about trials and count it all joy, and then now he's talking about asking for, for wisdom. They, they, they're circular. They, they're intertwined. You can't, you shouldn't be able to divide them, but we like to divide Scripture, but it's one Scripture. It's one Holy Scripture that comes together. James 1, 2 through 3 says this, there's something that is produced. We talked about this last week. Count it all joy, my brethren. When you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Difficulties and trials produce something. Whenever you go through a difficult time in life, there is a, 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 a fruit that is being produced out of your life. And what James says is, is this. You produce doubt or you produce depth. When you go through the difficulty, you, you, you produce this mistrust. I can't believe, you know, we talked about it like, I can't believe in a God who would allow this to happen to me, that whole thing. Or you produce this depth of trust. God, you're all I got. It, they're both producing something. There's no inward and outward, although, yeah, you know, sometimes we go back and forth, back and forth and that, but, but there's, a, there's, nonetheless, Paul says, or James says, it's producing something. I'm going through a trial, and I'm trusting Jesus. I need wisdom. And then verse 5, he says, but if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God. I'm going through a difficult time in life. I'm in one of those seasons where things are going bad. Someone, someone in here is going through that right now. Someone's going through a season, a difficult time. I'm trusting Jesus, but I need wisdom. Verse 5, he says, ask. Because who gives wisdom? See, see it, it, again, it, it goes back to if God's God. If this word is the word of God. Job's rhetorical question. From where then does wisdom come? And where is it place of understanding? Where, where, does it, where does it come from? Wisdom comes from God. Wisdom comes from his word. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. Look at this key statement. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. 
there's another condition. He stores up wisdom for the upright. Look, Proverbs 2.6, he stores up wisdom for the upright. The fear of the Lord, it says in, in Proverbs 9, is this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You want to get wisdom? You want to step into wisdom? It starts here. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. These two run together. The upright, those who walk in accordance with this word, those who seek God. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm not talking about having it all together. I'm not talking about I come to church every Sunday and I, I tithe my $10 and I, I pray once a day. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus. I'm talking about the fact that, that for 25 years, I've told this story. I, you know what? You're just going to get my stories over and again. I don't care. Come on. Stay with me. For 25 years, 20 years, all I wanted to do in life was play a game. I knew the Lord, but all, all I wanted to do was play this stupid game. I, you know, had given everything that I had to it. And, and I'm in my first game, and it went terrible. And I had this encounter with Jesus, and I knew who he was. And uh, uh, I had this terrible game, and I, I think that my, you know, my career's over before it even gets started. And as clear as can be again, God speaks to me and says, I didn't bring you this far to let you down. I didn't bring you this far to pull the rug out from underneath you. And as much as I wrestled through my Christianity, I, I, I tried to honor God. And, and, and this, this, he stores sound wisdom for the upright. And that, that's, you know, there, there's, some, there's some room in there, the upright, okay? Because we're all a little, little screwy. <laughs> I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about those who love the Lord and, and are, are getting up each day and they're trying to be the men and women that God has called them to be. I'm not talking about failing because I failed each day. And I try not to, and I try to close that gap, but it's the reality of it. But, but there's something here that, that Paul, that both James and Paul says, Proverbs 2, 7, for the upright. He gives wisdom to the upright. And then James affirms it here. In James 1, 6, but let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts like the sea, wave of the sea is driven and tossed by the wind. Twice we see this. What does it mean? I need a relationship with Jesus. It's not just this token thing. He says in, in, in the second half of verse 5, let him ask God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it'll be given to him. Two things that we see. There's a principle that is absolute, and there's a promise that is absolute, and it's this, God gives generously. God gives generously. If you seek, if you knock, if you go after, if you, if you press into the relationship of the Lord, God is, will clearly give generously his wisdom. He's given it to me with my career. He's given it to me with my relationships. He's given it to me when, when we've been on our face crying because our children are a little, little squirrely. He's given it to us time and time again because we try in this relationship to walk with him and hear his voice. But there's a condition. Some of you are going, I, I don't get God's wisdom. And some of you are going, don't put that thing on me. I've got to be upright to hear from God. I didn't say it. 
Read that word. If it's up to me, you all get wisdom. Not more than me, but you'd get wisdom. My wisdom here, you're down here, I rule. Okay? Not how it works. I didn't write a single letter here. Not a single dot. There's a condition that God gives. Look, look at the pattern here. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. Ah, there's a condition, the upright. But, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. There's a condition, no doubting. Okay, we have a relationship with Jesus, and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. And then we just, okay, I need wisdom. I'm walking as I can, God, as you called me to. It's just this, I'm going to press in, God. Oh, I had a bad day. All right, God, I repent. Give me grace, and God gives me grace. And I get back on this pattern, and I read his word, and he reveals himself to me and gives me the wisdom I need for the day. Because I don't just need wisdom about marriage, about jobs, and all these big things. I need wisdom on how to turn on a flipping light. Why You're, you're laughing at me. It's true, because it's true. Eddie knows. <laughs> Why doesn't the church walk in wisdom? Because we don't walk upright and we doubt. We all do it. It's just, do you do it every day or do you do it once a month, once a week? What do we need wisdom for? God isn't giving me wisdom for these things. God is, isn't giving me wisdom for these things. Why? Because he doesn't reveal himself to the casual inquirer. If you're asking yourself, if you're asking yourself why you don't have wisdom and why he's not giving you wisdom when you're in, a, in, a, in, in the middle of, of difficulty, this is why. God doesn't reveal himself to the casual inquirer. Oh, I'm going to mess some people up. He's not a prostitute. Go read Song of Solomon. You know what it's about? It's about the depth of relationship, of the chase and the and the the what happens. It's you know I look at natural and the spiritual run parallel. My relationship with her. How do you keep it fresh? The chase, the the feeling like it felt before. You know that feeling when when I didn't have her. You know where where I had to still you know mind my my manners and open doors and all that stuff that I still. Tr- what? I'm trying. Okay, I did do that. I would sing terribly to you and, and, and do, I would say kind of, I, these are things that have to continue in the depth of relationship and my relationship with God is the same way. God does not reveal himself to the casual inquirer. He reveals himself to the intimate relationships. And if you're going, I can't seem to get wisdom, then maybe we need to look in the mirror. And ask yourself, what's your relationship with God? Because it's this, it's a love relationship. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God reveals Himself. And when I pursue God, the fear of the Lord hits me straight in the face. When I pursue this Bible and this God of this Word, what happens is the, the fear of the Lord just, just hammers me. 
What is the fear of the Lord? It's a two-sided coin. On one side of the coin, it's this. The fear of the Lord is this awe, this I am awestruck by the magnificence of the creator of heaven and earth. I am blown away. I'm driven to my fa- uh, face by, by the humility of, of who this God is who gives me grace and gives me mercy. And on the other side, it's, it's I deserve hell and he gives me life. It's the, the one side of the, the awe of who the Lord is. You know, people go, time out. I don't know if you remember about, uh, probably about 10 years ago, Oprah Winfrey's famous quote. She said, I could never believe in, in a God that would say I need to fear him. Complete misunderstanding of the fear of the Lord. Complete misunderstanding of the fear of the Lord. Let me tell you something. I had a healthy fear of this man who is my father. I had a healthy fear of him, but I didn't walk around trembling. I knew how much he loves me and loved me. I knew that he was my biggest fan. I knew that he was at every game, but there was a fear because when I, let me tell you this, Jim would work all day and and I'd get home, you know, and I'd be sitting on the couch. The moment that I would hear the garage door go up, I'd get off my butt, I would run to the TV, turn it off and grab a vacuum. This man who worked his butt off for our family didn't want to see me sitting on my butt after he comes home from a long day. Now there's, <laughs> I had a healthy respect for him, a healthy fear of my father. And on the one side was this awe of the man that I respected and loved. On the other side of it is any time he could have the right and he wasn't afraid to take a belt and give me a whooping. Well deserved too. I don't, I don't ever remember a time of getting spanked when I didn't deserve it. I remember harder times than others when he would spank me, which that, can't believe you did that. But, but I, don't, I don't ever remember a time that I didn't deserve it. See, this is what, what we're talking about. And the fear of the Lord, natural and the spiritual run parallel. The fear of the Lord is this awe that I have of God and his majesty and his greatness. You know, uh, Psalm 145, on the glorious splendor of your majesty. Job 38, go back and read that, and he talks about creating all this, this magnificent stuff. And then the other side, I'm a sinner, and I deserve hell. The awe is this, I don't get hell when I come into relationship with Jesus. What I deserve is hell, but God gives me grace. Romans 3, there's no one righteous, not even one. But I don't have to live in that. Do you see how that works? See, when you come into this relationship with God, you start to understand the fear of God. And you start to realize that who I am and what I've done and all the places I've fallen short, that God's grace covers it. And I don't want to be that. I want to make him proud. I want to, I want to, I want to do what he's called me to in here. And what I know about my natural father is this, is if I live in his house and I live by his rules and I do what he asks me to do, my life was a lot more safe. Not safer because he was going to give me a beating, but safer because he understood life. And he knew if you drank and drove, you're going to be in trouble. God's not trying to ruin my fun when I look at this. He's trying to put boundaries so I'm safe. Anybody who has DWI, therefore there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. <laughs> the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord brings this tension of awe and humility. This constant tension, but it comes through a relationship. 
You need wisdom in your life? You need wisdom in your life? It's, it starts primarily in his word where God speaks to us. And he directs and he moves. You're in the middle of something and you need some wisdom? It's a relationship with God. See, James just laid the foundation for the Christian life. He's only gone eight verses. Dear Lord, what do we got left? We got a lot left. In these first eight verses, he just kind of lays this foundation. And what he's saying is this, the Christian life is about cultivating a deeper, deeper trust in God as trials come your way. We know this, trials are coming. We know this, you're not going to get around them. We know this, the waves are going to crash. We know this, that wisdom comes and we're sustained in these times when we have relationship with the creator of heaven and earth. These trials are exactly what we need in order to learn to trust in God more. Don't, I said it last week, don't try to be a professional avoider of, of trials. Don't try. Now, I'm not, don't be stupid. Don't jump into trials because you're an idiot. But, but don't be like, ah, oh, I don't want any trials. Trials are coming. See, but here's the beauty. You have the answer. You have the answer. And the answer is Jesus. The answer is Jesus. When we ask for wisdom in the middle of these trials, God gives us wisdom generously. He gives us wisdom generously. And sometimes it doesn't look like we want. Sometimes it doesn't sound like what we think it should sound. But I trust in the wisdom of this word and who he is. And the last thing we have to ask is, how do I know him more? How do I go deeper relationally? And I have, I have this new profound word for you guys. It's this. If you're a guest here today, every week I talk about this. There's nothing new under the sun. In the same way that there's nothing new under the sun with my relationship with my wife, how do I keep this relationship? I take her on date night. I tell her she looks pretty. I tell her that I love her. I go on walks with her. I, uh, we, that, I, spend, I text her. We talk on the phone. All those things are, are, bring intimacy. That's what this is. My relationship with God, it's reading his word. It's intimate. And there's wisdom. My relationship with God, it's prayer and conversation with God. Asking, expecting. My relationship with God, it's time of worship through music, playing music and worshiping, but it's also worshiping with words, and it happens each and every day. There are days that I have skipped being the man that God has called me to be for this woman. They're not good days. There are days that I've skipped being the man that God has called me to be in a relationship with Him. Not good days. I tell you that only to say that it's by God's grace. It's not me. I'm just a pastor up here. All of us have these trials that we walk through, but I know that I know that I know this. The answer is the wisdom of God. The answer is the wisdom of God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this word in James. Oh God, for those who are in going through trials right now, Father God, Oh, God, have mercy, grace. 
God, let us know you in a more intimate way that we might have your wisdom. God, speak to us. Show us. God, I thank you for who you are in your son. Lord, let us be the church, the hands and feet, that others might know you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. 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 You know, as we, we do regularly each week, because we believe that this is a holy moment, communion. If you have a relationship with Jesus, this is a time that we as believers come together and we receive the bread that represents Christ's body and the wine or juice that represents his blood. It's a time where believers rework their lives against the cross. Where we come and we take all that we are and all that we have and we lay it at the cross and we repent and we celebrate and we, we thank God. Look, if you've been struggling in your relationship with God, if you've been, if you've been wrestling and you're not getting that wisdom that, that we're talking about and you need it because you're in this trial right now, there's no better place to be than, than here at the foot of the cross receiving communion because what it will do and what it should do is reset that relationship and you walk out of here renewed and refreshed and you walk in that relationship and you cry out and ask God for wisdom. And he gives generously. So as you receive, as we get ready to see, receive this this morning, remember that. Remember that. And when you walk out these doors, remember that. Remember what the blood of Jesus did in your life. Remember what the blood of Jesus does in your life. Remember what Christ did on the cross and what it does for you. What he does each and every day. They took the bread on the night that he was betrayed and Jesus gave it to him and said, this is my body that's been broken for you. He said, eat this in remembrance of me. That same night he took the wine that represented his blood. He said, this blood is a picture of my sacrifice drink this in remembrance of me. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for your son, Jesus, that we might have life. That even as we talked about that, you don't reveal yourself to the casual inquirer. Oh, Lord, I don't want to be a casual inquirer. I want to be called a friend of God. God, give us wisdom. God, give us wisdom for, for jobs. Oh, God, give us wisdom for our finances. God, give us wisdom in our marriages, in our relationships. Let us trust you. God, make it abundantly clear what you have for us. God, that we would let go and trust you. Give us wisdom for our children. God, we thank you that you give generously. God, as it says in that book of James, 
God, it is a promise that we can stand on. Thank you, Jesus. And we thank you for who you are, that we might have life. In your precious name we pray. Amen. 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 And would you stand with us as we go out with this last song before... Thank you, Jimmy.